Hi, welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie authors on their journey to publication. My name is Jamie Hirschberger. I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. Hi, I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Rhonda Hagerman, and I write fiction and nonfiction. And Christina Katane is not with us, and I'm going to go ahead and rat her out. She's off having fun at a, a, a retreat for the girls from her church. So she's having a happy good time in the Lord and and uh, not playing with us today. Boo-hoo, which makes me feel very sad, but I'm happy for her that she's off having a good time. That's not what you said earlier. You said she's not allowed know. to have friends besides us. <laughs> Just I didn't say exactly. Yeah, I was having You fun. didn't say exactly that, no. <laughs> I'm trying to make you look worse than you actually I kind of feel like Tina would appreciate us being jealous. So I'm trying to just play up that angle a little bit. Um, so, yes, we, we we miss you, Tina. We love you. And we don't have your head on a stick today. So uh, you lucked out. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we? I'd, I'm a slacker. Well, here's the reason why. When I made Tina's head on a stick, I made it on the back of a spatula, a pancake turner, <laughs> which I then uh, needed since... And so it is no more. Her her head on a stick is no more. My poor, I was not, mine did not stay together as well. <laughs> oh, no. See, like, poor Rhonda. Well, you, you, her hair is curly in real life and yeah. on the stick. Oh, so, I have yours right next to me right now. This Dang is my favorite. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> your hair does look beautiful, Rhonda. I love I know you're curling it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we usually do the what's up where we go around and ask each other how we're doing. So let's do that, Rhonda. You curled your hair. What else is up with you? Um, I it too. That's my favorite part. I love the color. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, let's see. I am lucky to be here because I turned on my computer at nine o'clock and it started updating and it was at 23% until about five minutes ago. And then all of a sudden it started. Things are still popping up on my computer. So. <laughs> if it me down, then I'll be back as soon as I can. Right. No All right, problem. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So technology updates is what's up with you. What's up with mm-hmm. me? I'm entirely jealous because I have one child who is at Epcot today. I, I living near the mouse. I have yet to go and see any of that stuff. Um, but her travel class for co-op is going to taste foods from around the world at Epcot. And my other child, my son is with uh, dad. And they are in New York. They're going to see New York City. So I'm like, boo-hoo, my kids are having all these adventures. But I can't really complain because I'm sort of spoiled and living happily here in beautiful Florida winter. It's it's so amazing here. Although it's really weird. Second time, the Christmas stuff is going up. And I'm like, but it's only October because that's how it feels. It feels like October in Michigan around here right now. And it's totally not. It's almost that time of year. To be holly jolly and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what's up with you, Jen? Well, if we're going to talk weather, I got to at least show it. I don't know if I can actually with everything all hooked up. Ignore my mask. Can I you see, see sunshine. That's, that's snow. Can you tell? Like we are. There we go. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's beginning to look a lot like, like Christmas. Christmas. Yes, so, it is. You know, age where it snowed. So in the backyards everywhere of Michigan, it's beautiful and lovely. But the roads and the sidewalks and everything yeah. else, it has started melting a little bit. And then it freezes at night. So it's the big ch- ice chunks everywhere. 
Do you want to know what's really gross is when you go to the grocery stores where they've plowed and then there's the big gray mountain of yeah. all of the snow that they plowed out of the uh, parking lot is yeah. <laughs> the, side of the road where they plow. It gets all dirty looking. And yeah, I feel so bad because, um, you know, I'll talk to these some of these Florida families. And they'll be like, you know, whatever year we're going to go north and see snow. And I'm like, oh, I hope it snows for you because people kind of think it's like a given that there's going to be snow. But unless you're in the UP or something, there's no guarantee that there's going to be snow at any particular time of year right. people don't get uh maria says hi maria she says it's been raining there all week well i um, guess good for the flowers but yuck yep Gigi is here too I'm, I'm missing some of the convo sorry guys um let's see robin says regarding technology updates due to her continual whining about her leg computer her husband bought her a new one yay, yay! It's like an Beautiful. early Christmas. <laughs> Gigi says hello. Hello, Gigi. Hi. And I gotta, I really have to share this one. Barb says, no Christmas tree, Jen. Oh, Barb. <laughs> oh, Barb. <laughs> if I can I get you all the way around without you seeing <sighs> my lighting? Can I do this? Can you see the oh, tree? Oh my word. Oh, it's a lot so, of lights on it. Um, I have two trees up already. So mm -hmm. I have a kitchen tree and I have the big tree. The wreath is on the wall and Oh yeah, Barb. It is like already Christmas here in the Kong household. So. Did you see how I put that people put Christmas ribbon on their kitchen cabinets? It reminded me of you and Gina so much. They they put uh, ribbon going crossways and long ways so that yeah. the cabinet doors look like a present. Yeah, I've seen that before. That's pretty that cool. That reminded me of you guys because of your uh, excited decorating. Oh wait, you guys meeting the tongs because you not you don't mean you guys meeting me and Rhonda. No, you and Gina. You know. Gina who is oh, uh, Gina, yeah. Yeah, Rhonda's daughter who is a part of the original flaws group. And we we have our own little Facebook group there. And I was like, Oh, this reminds me of Gina, which she was like, Oh, that's cute. People yeah, always give me a hard time about putting stuff up early, but you don't understand, like maybe some people do. Um, but my family december like once the first hits it's like all of a sudden it's the 31st like we have with three little girls we have concerts and we have things at church and we have like it's just one thing after another and then you feel like you don't enjoy the season so i start in november putting the things up we do the you the tree i showed you only has the lights and the poinsettias on it and then we'll decorate as a family probably tonight um, but I do that just so that I can, I family can enjoy the season as opposed to it being like this mad rush of stuff. I know um, when we're planning um, for anything that we're doing and, and and it starts to be about October and you're like, well, it's Christmas next week is how it feels just because the feels. time goes by like a blender. Um, and if you're going to do something, you might as well do it when you're motivated. So and maybe, maybe when my kids are grown, it'll feel different. But when they're mm -hmm. little, there's just so much going on. Um, mm -hmm. Barb says you never disappoint, Jen. <laughs> Would you let me come to your house and help? Because when Rhonda's least expecting it, knock, knock, knock. There's a tree on one arm and a box of ornaments on the other. Oh, my word. Uh, Gina's working today, but if she was here, she'd tell you that her tree is already up and decorated. Also. Yay, Gina. All right. Well, um, let's see. Tina isn't here to tell us her what's up, but I feel like we kind of told uh, mm -hmm. on her. Um, and so we're going to dive into our topic today, which is the murky middle. Wahaha. We are halfway through nano. So this yeah. Is so, um, you know, my idea was to kind of call it nano and the murky middle because um, you may have challenges particularly specific to NaNoWriMo, or maybe this is just the first time you ever tried to write a book. And now here it is halfway through and you're like, what is wrong with me? 
Okay. Can um, you stop I, real quick? Yeah. I'm really sorry because I know you're already on a roll, but I feel That's like we're, we're being a little disgenuine right now about the murky middle. And I think that there needs to be complete and open honesty and um, transparency because there's one of us in this group that is not <laughs> struggling with the murky middle uh, because they have already won Nano and what? did not... Jared no, and their love up. No way. Nobody can believe it. Yes, I'm all done. <laughs> I, oh, all right. If you're just it. tuning in for the first time, the reason that's so funny is because Ron and I are probably always the last ones to win now, <laughs> like at the last minute. But Jamie has already completed her 50,000 words, right, Jamie? Yes, I finished on the 11th, Woo-woo! which I think yeah. is even faster than last year. I think oh. last year it took me 15 or 20 days or something, mm -hmm. but my my kids were gone traveling, and so I just, okay, I'm like, well, I have, I start doing math because I've been having 1,000 word, 20-minute word sprints, and I'm like, come on, if you can write 1,000 words in 20 minutes, and you could do two sprints an hour, how many hours should it really take you to finish if you just really did only that? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, theoretically, I could finish in 15 hours at whatever point this was. And so I was like, well, I could do nothing for 15 hours but write. But instead, I, I took a weekend. So, you know, I just I had a goal to be finished and I finished. So You're so good at goal <laughs> setting and following through on goals, like really honestly. Um, Robin says, go Jamie. Yay. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Maria says, wow, Jamie, that's amazing. Well done. Congratulations. G Appreciate it. Wow, Jamie, that's amazing. Well done. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Thanks so. everybody. Keep on going. You all can get to 50,000 too. I know you can. And if you don't, you are well on your way to having a first draft that you can edit later. So don't stop. Okay. And that's what we're going to talk about. The temptation to stop can be pretty strong right now. And why? Why, why, why? You might be thinking, oh, I just, I, I'm never going to finish. I'm so tired of this project. But did you know that this is common among writers, isn't it, ladies? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is why yeah. it is called the murky middle. Okay. So we're going to kind of like define this. Um, I found on <clears throat> this blog, it's called Mysterio Press. I don't really know much about the site, but I want to make sure that I tell you where I got this from. But she she uh, said, did you ever feel like a book slows down some in the middle and gets a bit draggy? That is not your imagination. The middle of the story is the hardest part to write. The writer has to give all the details that will allow the story to unfold and make sense as it moves forward, but also has to keep the pace consistent with the rest of the book. So <clears throat> that is the um, mechanical reason why the murky middle feels difficult. Um, but there is also just kind of a motivation issue, isn't there, once you get to the middle? Yeah, I think too. Yeah, I think there's definitely a motivation issue. I think for me, a lot of times too, it's a self-confidence issue too. No matter how many books you write, no matter how um, many times you publish, or maybe it's just me, I think I'm always going to struggle with, oh, can I do this again? What if, the, the, what, was that, what if those two books were just a fluke? What if I can never get across the finish line again? So I think that my myself, my personal self, starts to kind of um, sabotage me, myself. Do you guys ever deal with that? Um, I really don't. I enjoy writing the parts that I'm writing at the time. But I have a problem with my books slowing down as you read them because I just am too nice to my characters. I just <laughs> really love my characters and I don't want to be mean to them. Right. So you actually run out of things to say because mm -hmm. you don't have any 
pinchy point conflict. Oh no, I'm in trouble and I need to get out of it because you don't yeah. want to do anything. Well, that's an interesting um, perspective. I hadn't heard that. Um, I, I, I think that probably a lot of people go through that because mm -hmm. you build these characters and you care about them, yeah. which first of all, what a blessing it is to be able to just like take squiggles on a paper and create mm -hmm. this personality in your mind that you care about. Yeah. That's why I've got to be so, my outlines are so meaty because I have to make sure that while I'm pinching someone here or I'm, you know, throwing rocks at somebody up a tree right there or doing something to keep the interest going. I'm glad you brought up outline because we're going to touch on that in a minute. But just quickly, I want to mention a couple of quotes um, from Tommy Adami. Sorry, I don't know how to spell it. But she says that the murky middle is the moment when the excitement and momentum of us starting the story fades and continuing seems pointless. Um, then Harmony Williams blog, the beginning rush and excitement of starting begins to fade away and the end that you're hoping for is nowhere in sight. So it's easier to get discouraged and give up. Have you guys ever felt that way with a project? Mm. Like the, the sparkly fun of starting is over. Mm -hmm. Jen, probably not so much since you're such a plotter, mm -hmm. like you already know beginning, right. middle and end when you start. I think we're going to talk about that in a little mm -hmm. bit, but I, but as you're reading it, I'm thinking that is totally Jamie. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like that, that that's one of the things that maybe if if you were to struggle with anything with your read, your writing, it would be the fact that once it's no longer shining new, you kind of get bored with it, mm -hmm. which is another reason mm -hmm. why it's good that you write so fast because you you write quickly so that you can get not only your thoughts on the paper, but before you get distracted by another project. Would you agree with that? Maybe a I would agree with that. And I know that Tina has shared that that is really a lot of the times her her issue with a murky metal. She so badly just wants to go start something new and fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You ever feel that way, Rhonda? I do. And I don't know if we've really talked much about my ADHD on this podcast or not, but I've learned that that is why I just love the new idea. And I'm constantly coming up with new ideas and I think, Oh, let me just start that real quick. I just, I'm going to just start it for just one day and I'll go right back. And then I never do because a new idea is right around the corner all the time. Well, and I think it's especially difficult when you're doing National Novel Writing Month because a lot of times you're coming to this, you know, the middle of October, you decide, yes, I'm going to do this. And you have a little sliver of an idea. OK, yeah. and you've written everything that you can think about about that little sliver of an idea. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, but I'm, you know, only 15,000 words into this and I'm supposed to get all the way to 50 and I've exhausted every thought that I've had about it. So um, we're going to talk about how you're probably, some people are going, yes, that's exactly how I'm feeling. Either I'm uh, tired of this story and tempted to give up on it and start something new, or I'm feeling like, um, uh, I don't know, I just totally lost my train of thought. But the bottom line is some of you are really relating to what we're saying right now. And we're going to talk about how do you fix it when you find yourself stuck in the murky middle. Maria's let's look what a few of them are saying. Maria said, even a plotter fizzles out. I've outlined everything, but then at this point, I often lose a bit of confidence, enthusiasm for my ideas mm. and can feel a bit stunted. Do you guys think that maybe that that's part of your wanting to move on to something new and exciting is maybe it's a confidence thing that, that you, that you worry that you're not going to be able to make the rest of mm -hmm. it as exciting as well? 
Well, yeah. you just also start to think like, really, does anybody want to read this? I mean, especially when you're having a, okay, so now's the part, <laughs> now's the part where we have to learn about horse anatomy in order to understand how the mystery all comes together. So you're writing and you're like, oh my goodness, does anybody want to read this stuff about horse? And you kind of forget that by the time your reader gets to the middle, they're invested because you've drawn them in with a hook and you've gotten them all in love with your characters and they're going to read what they need to read through this middle part. Like you don't, you don't trust that you've done a good enough job to sustain your readers through this middle part that has to happen. So yes, I do believe it's a confidence issue. Um, for me with the, with the whole plotting it. Um, and I was going to like, kind of like say this, are we, we moved on to the plotting yeah, part. Sorry. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I have, a, I have a child that is texting me because she needs me at school. So <laughs> oh, I, I no. mean like seriously needs me, but anyway. Um, so with me, since I do plot it all out, I make sure, and this might be part of the problem. If you're finally, finally you are having issues with your murky middle, then maybe you don't have enough exciting points in your story. Maybe you haven't plotted it enough. I know some people will like do like a kind of an outline and this will happen. This will happen. This will happen. The reason why I plot the way that I do, and you can see at the bottom of each of these things is where all my disasters happen is I make sure that my disasters, I call them disasters. They can be just big moments happen a certain percentage at certain points approximately so that we don't lose attention in the story. So even though I'm feeling like it's kind of murky or I'm kind of like trudging through this part, I know what I got coming up. So, so explain the per perspective of an extreme plotter. So for you, it is not a mechanical issue. It is something else because it seems to me that if people are stuck in the murky middle, it's because mechanically they need to figure out what needs to happen in their story so they can keep going mm -hmm. or they're dealing with some kind of psychological confidence, whatever issue. What happens to you when you're feeling like this, Jen? Mine is usually psychological. Mine is usually just kind of like Satan attacking and making me feel as if like this book isn't as good as the last one. Um, this one is not going to ever make it to the finish line. My, your first books were just okay. No, you know, you're never going to be all those things in your head and you just get kind of nervous about it. Um, sometimes though, mechanical wise, if um, my story changes, because even though I'm plotting, Sometimes the characters do things I didn't expect. And so things happen. Or I think, well, this is going to take a full chapter and it took like two paragraphs. Or this is going to take a full chapter and it took three chapters to write it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes then I have to stop and reassess what's happening and then start back up again. So if I just kept writing, 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 then it might be a problem. But then sometimes I just need to sit down and just write. So I've said this before in the podcast, like when I get bored or I'm just not feeling like writing or I'm at a part that I'm just like, oh, I just don't feel like do it. I write a kissing scene. Like I just like writing kissing scenes. So I will either do that or I will look ahead in my um, in my on my storyboard and I will write something I find a little bit more exciting. Now, it happens when I do that, that sometimes when I actually get to that point, I have to change it or rewrite it entirely. But that's OK, because at least I was still being creative and I was still moving the story forward a bit. So that helps. Yes. Me. And that was uh, two um, possible um, uh, solutions that we have here. So first of all, leave the murky middle and go write the beginning or the end, right? Mm -hmm. Or go write something way off the reservation altogether. You're not even in the world of your book, but you maybe have these characters and they're interacting. Or maybe you just write a whole different kind of a story altogether to satisfy that little 
urge you have to, to start a new project. Just a sprint, though. You don't, you know, really commit to a new, you know, novel or something like that. Right. You got some stuff from the chat there, Jen? I do. Maria says that she thinks it can be quite discouraging. Have you I have heard you guys use the phrase if wait, have you guys heard the phrase? Oh yeah, we use this all the time. If you're bored, your reader will be bored. So if you lose your excitement, then it can make you feel as if you've lost the battle. It's very true. Oh, she says yeah. that she's gone back to her plotting notebook a couple times this week and added a couple more exciting incidents that already make the feel the story feel a lot better. That was gonna be one of my suggestions is that if you're feeling like this, stop what you're doing. And go back and look at your board, your your notes, whatever it is, however it is you plan. What and even if you're a pantser, sit down and write down some like what ifs, some exciting like what yeah. if this happened and what if yeah. that happened. And, the what ifs I love, Jennifer. Yeah. That's something that you taught me. Do you remember where you got that from? K M Wyland um, has that's a, a whole thing that she does in part of her. She's a, an extreme plotter, and so do just get out a notebook paper and just write a what if. This happened, and what if they happened? And be as crazy as you want. What if aliens showed up in my Western rom, you know, historical Western romance? Like, just be kind of nuts because you'll be surprised how something that might start off as the most ridiculous thought, then you're like, well, wait a minute, you know, and then it might start you spark you thinking about something else. And if you can be really open, it's fun to have those kinds of actual discussions with your friends. And, um, you know, you have to trust them that they're not expecting you to use all of their ideas. And you have to be able to be like, oh, and then this could happen or this could happen. And then that could, you know, and you have to be um, personally, I like it when someone is interested enough in my story to um, kick around ideas with me. And you never know what can be dislodged just because of. Um, of somebody else giving a fresh insight. And um, Jen, if you have to go, you can go. I just, I, I cannot because if I go, then the podcast ends. So oh. we will just move it along as, as easily as okay. we can because I, yeah, because I'm hosting. So there you won't either, either it ends or it will never end because you guys can't end it from your end. Well, how long and before you're back? Like, can you just end it whenever you get back and just, you know, if we're, we're gone. Okay. Or I think I think okay. we'll be okay. If I get another phone call, we'll have the discussion again. Okay. But. All right. Just so you know, we care about your family. That's more important. Okay. So one more so, thing too. Like, yeah. I, let's talk about what Rhonda said too about um, not wanting to hurt her characters. If you are in the murky middle and um, you just seem to like be bored, whatever, try doing something disastrous. Do something that you don't <laughs> even want to happen to your character. And then see what happens. You don't have to leave it in the story, but you might find that you like it because way up in the discussion, um, I was going to save it. Um, Robin Sardi says, not me. I love my characters, but I love seeing how they deal with everything I throw at them. <laughs> me, too. me too. But usually it ends with a kiss. So for me, so it's always fun. For me. But yeah, find something that you would hate to happen to you in real life and do it to your characters, but then see how it can turn out. It's kind of, cathartic about you know because lots of times things happen to us and it was completely out of our control but we are in complete control of what happens in our story so it might help too if you if you are worried about hurting your character what if you wrote the character as an old person telling you about the horrible thing that happened to them and how it changed them or made them better because well, that's maybe. what yeah that's what uh trials and things do to us they develop our character and if it doesn't kill you it does what makes you stronger better whatever so if if it 
freaks you out the like oh no my poor character has to endure x y and z well what is that going to make them in the end mm -hmm. you can't get a uh, diamond without putting pressure on the coal right so um if your characters never never have anything bad happen to them they're not going to really be fulfilled or well formed or whatever you want to say jamie and i'm doing that this afternoon that's yay yeah. and plus you gotta think about too think about your favorite books that you've read the favorite your favorite movie did it make you cry did it make you scared generally there is some point in that movie that struck you emotionally and those emotional moments usually are disasters or at least start off as a disaster mm -hmm. it's very seldom that you love a movie or a movie really sticks with you or a book really sticks with you that just is a nice little story that this happened and that happened and this happened so if it's getting murky then stir those waters up and see what comes up okay well i don't know if i mentioned this in the podcast recently but I discovered something about myself is that a lot of times when I know that it's getting to that really sticky, terrible point, I will turn the show off. <laughs> I was watching Star Trek recently and Scotty came back. Did I mention this recently? Star Trek anyway, Next Generation. Spoiler. No, just kidding. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Scotty came back and I thought they were going to do something to really hurt him at this one point. And I was like, oh, I got to turn it Anyway, I can go back to it. I did. I did. Yeah. I, so I just kind of like look like this. I take it as a compliment when I meet a fan, a reader. It's so weird to say fan. We need to have a whole episode on the imposter syndrome that we talked about, Jamie. Yeah. But I, I, I take it as a compliment when I meet a, re meet a reader out in the wild and they said, mm -hmm. I had to put the book down. I couldn't even take it at that point. I take this as a compliment. Because they went back to it. Like it was enough that like that means that it felt so real to them that it got them somewhere deep inside that they just had to like take a step back because it wasn't reality. They were so into it that they had to get back into reality for a minute to breathe. And I take it as a compliment. So yeah. And that you created a character that they care about what happened right. to them. Right. Okay. So um, I don't know. I feel like we kind of covered the topic. Do we have anything else in the chat? Does anybody have anything to add about the murky middle? Do we give people enough ways to get out of the murky? Okay. Final thought. I mean, you need to get through it. If you're ever going to publish your book, you have to figure out a way to get from the beginning to the end. And that means going through the murky middle. So you just have to kind of figure out a way to pull up your shorts and get to work. So um, whatever Another strategy. Right. Yeah. And if you do skip ahead, like we suggest, and you find that the story is fine, you might discover that you just had too much information. Sometimes it's okay just to say they traveled, as opposed <laughs> yeah. to telling us every road stop mm -hmm. and every pit stop that they made. Sometimes it's fine. So sometimes if you're feeling like you're in the murky middle, maybe you just need to shorten up what you're talking about and move on to the next exciting thing. So you won't know unless you try that. So that's before. Yeah. Before we share our sprints, I just want one more final word from each of you. How would you know that this project is worth continuing? Is it ever possible that you're stuck in the murky middle because it's true that this story just should be scrapped and you should just move on to something else? Hmm. What do you think, Rhonda? Well, <clears throat> I, the story that I'm writing right now, Yes, I think there's a lot of value in the story and I will be finishing it. But in the past, I've started new projects because I said, oh, this one's not going anywhere. So let me just start this new shiny, pretty one right here. And so I think I haven't given stories enough of a chance. So I don't know if I can really speak to that, except to say the one I'm writing right now, I think has a valuable um, moral or something to take away from it. I understand. 
What do you think, Jen? Is there ever a time that you really legitimately should be scrapping a story? You're not going to like my answer. But my answer is no. I believe that if you had an idea, mm-hmm. I believe that you were in love with it at one point. I mm-hmm. believe that if it feels like you want to scrap it, that that is something inside of you, not inside of the story. Mm-hmm. There are so many times that you have read even little vignettes of what you've written, Jamie and you, Rhonda, and I have fallen in love with the characters and can't wait to hear more. And then I don't get any more. So as a reader, I'm telling you, finish that story. <laughs> um, but, but all honesty, I think that, I think that a lot of times we give up on ourselves when we think we're giving up on the story, but we're actually giving up on ourselves. So I say, even if it is the worst story that's ever been written, at least you wrote a story. If it's the worst novel that's ever been written, at least you wrote a novel. Yes. And, you know, we should reframe this in the context, again, of National Novel Writing Month, because the entire point is to write 50,000 words, which means I wrote a novel instead of being the people who walk around their whole life. Someday I'm going to write a novel. Like, so in the context of NaNoWriMo, the answer is for sure. No, you should not stop this project and start a new project. Okay. So like if there is an argument for, Oh, you know, I I don't even know that there is, um, but for sure in national novel writing month, the answer is no, you just keep going till you get that 50,000 words. Right. Barb B says every story is worth finishing. If you feel it's wrong, you need to rework. Maybe theme is a bit confused. Okay. And Robin says you don't learn and grow if all you ever write is the beginning. And like we've always said, you can't edit a blank page. Finish the story. If you hate it, you can always fix it. I can't tell you how many times something has been written by one of the members of this podcast and then put aside and then pulled out later and been like, well, that wasn't so bad. And then once you had once you had some space from it, you actually learn to love it again and fix it up. So, okay. And so there is a um, one little bone I will throw you, not for your NaNoWriMo project, but if you are somebody who has lots of ideas, and the problem is not that you are like trying to abandon your one to go start a shiny new, as much as you just don't know where to put your focus, you write the one that doesn't leave you alone. That's what I'm going to say. Okay, That's so idea. If, if you've got all of these ideas, the one that keeps coming to you, yes, but the story about, yes, but the story about, then that's the one where you put your energy. But NaNoWriMo, you never stop. Okay, so we can all agree on that yep. pretty much. Right, guys? Agreed. All right, so um, now it is time to share our word sprint. Today, we did 15 minutes based on five words. Jennifer, why don't you tell our audience that five words and read your uh, 15 minute word sprint. And we don't give anything but encouraging feedback for these because they're written in 15 minutes, completely unedited and unpolished. So no matter how terrible they are. <laughs> oh, mine's so <laughs> terrible today. Okay. Stop. Anyway, we're the only ones that criticize their writing. We, uh, okay. Yeah. Today's words were changed, puzzled, chew, vast and inherit. And the only word I didn't use was vast. Did you um, write in your nano world? I did. didn't talk about it. Okay. Did yeah, we're trying to... to. Did I? Yes, I did. Okay. Go ahead, Jen. What about you, Jamie? Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. Go ahead. All right. So listeners, let us know if you wrote in your nano world and if that was helpful or if it was harder. Just uh, Yeah, because we're trying to write in our nano world, but then I didn't remember if everybody else remembered that we were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Colleen looked at Kate. Something had changed, but she wasn't quite certain what it was, and it puzzled her. She'd always prided herself on her ability to read others. That is, until Denny. 
That snake in the grass had fooled her and her entire family into thinking he was a wealthy man set on providing a good home for her. Was that it? Was her inability to read Cade a sign that he, too, was a snake whose venom she should avoid? She scooped another spoonful of cold beans and chewed them slowly as she watched him. He had said that he was to have inherited his father's estate, but he left that all behind when he came west. Why would a man leave behind wealth and security for a land of uncertainty? Maybe, like Dinny, Kate didn't have two pennies to rub together. That would explain his willingness to drop everything at his own ranch to rescue hers. Maybe Kate was just like all the other ranchers in the valley, intent on getting his hands on her land and the water supply at Harvard. Abruptly she stood, walked to the fire, and scraped the remains of her meal into the flames. Mm. 202 words which is a short one for me for a writer that does not book. feel that short does it Rhonda no it didn't feel that short mm. I'm very pleased. good there was so much backstory, backstory but it didn't feel like backstory agreed it did it not really feel good. info dumpy that was perfect like thank you yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. super excited about it because I was trying to figure out how to get from this point to that point in my in part of my story like I'm not mm. even there yet but I was already concerned about this and being too info dumpy because they have to have the conversation of why he left everything behind. Oh, how do I get to that point? Well, now I'm here. Now she's going to walk away mad. And he's going to be like, what's going on? And he's going to follow her. And no kiss <laughs> yet, though. Not yet. Really good. A good idea to show the, her internal, for okay. sure. Thank mm-hmm. you. Appreciate yep. that. Okay, but I'm going to go I have ahead. Ahead. to her. If she's going to be sitting in front of a fire, she needs to heat those beans up. I thought about that. I probably will change that. Like... I don't know why I made her beans cold. Other than the fact that maybe she was too busy stirring them around her plate. Oh, no. The cold beans is symbolic of her bitterness. Like, she's not going to heat up her beans because she's like, like, you're going to eat cold beans. Kind of like this martyr thing you do when you're feeling like, yeah, you know what I mean? They're out on the range, you know, and so, Mm -hmm. like, they they don't have, she doesn't even have a cook, you know, so, like, she's she's got this bare bones staff. And so, yeah, so it's, it's going to be. It makes sense. It'd be cold beans. So cold beans. Hmm. Sorry. I keep flashing my big coffee. I'm just so in love with my coffee this morning. All right. Can't Jamie, blame you. Okay. Yeah, I'll go next. Um, oh gosh. I lost it. Hold on. Here it is. Okay. <clears throat> this is uh, my main character is being interviewed on a, on a radio podcast. Um, it's a secular podcast, even though she's known mostly for being a Christian speaker. Okay. you've caused quite a stir among the churches, haven't you? I mean, I'm sure even coming on this show is going to ruffle a few moral feathers. Ruffle a few feathers, Charlie scoffed. Why, these folks are so twisted up about what I say and what I do. I'd be surprised if they have a feather left to smooth. When it comes to scrutinizing the things I say and do, they're tearing them suckers out by the handful. Why are they so upset with you? I don't really like to talk about what may or may not motivate another person. Oh, come on, that's a cop-out answer. No, it really isn't. You know why they're being this way. Why don't you want to say it? Let me share something with you, if I may. Of course, that's why I have you on. And I appreciate the forum. I never would have thought I'd be able to reach such a vast number of people. Okay, so what do you want to share? Charlie did not speak. You know, dead air is bad for a podcast. Todd nudged. Charlie smiled. Okay, here goes. She cleared her throat, then continued. Somewhere in the Bible, there is a scripture that talks about the world knowing we are Christians by how we love one another. That scripture does not say people will know we are Christians by how much we change when we come to Christ. Yet this is always the place churchgoers want to put the focus. 
Yeah. Like Christians always want to talk about how they found God and stopped doing drugs or prostituting or whatever. Right. And I'm not saying that's wrong or that those things don't happen. I'm just kind of saying we're sort of missing the forest for the trees. How so? This is weird because I'm usually not someone who has to struggle for words. But in all fairness, everything I share has usually been written out ahead of time. And I guess that's why I was kind of nervous to come here. You really can't prep for an interview like this. Sure you can. Most of my guests come on here with an agenda, a set of memorized talking points, if you will. Really? I'm just here to answer your questions. Well, you're an odd duck. That's for sure. They laughed. Okay, let me take another stab at this. Charlie cleared her throat again. Those of us who are to inherit the kingdom are called to love one another, and yet we put so much emphasis on looking for what the Lord calls spiritual fruit in the lives of our fellow believers that we come across as super judgmental and mean. Then Christians have the nerve to act puzzled when they see people turning their nose up at our good news. That's it. That's awesome. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I love, okay, I'm in love with this character. And I mm -hmm. love that she doesn't shy away from saying uncomfortable things. And I love that you don't shy away from writing uncomfortable things. Like that mm -hmm. was just very cool. I feel like every time like you share something from this, I feel like I'm going to church with a really good pastor that is really, mm -hmm. uh, like giving it to his congregation. I love it. Mm -hmm. I do too. This book, I've said it before and I will continue saying it is going to be a blessing to so many people. Mm -hmm. I just can't wait until it's done. I just I appreciate that. Did you know that you were going to write, like, did you know this was a good, like a going to be a scene that you were going to write or this just was purely just because the word prompt? Well, right now I don't have this interview really in the book so much. There's an excerpt from it. That's like two sentences. And then someone talks about the appearance. So um, when I saw the words, I, I scrambled because what I wanted to write today was something that I did want to put in the book and the prompts didn't match. So I had to pivot. So no. So I don't know if that answers the question. No, okay. that's great. Cause <laughs> I, I think that's really good for people to know that like, sometimes we, um, we sprint, excuse me, and we don't use it, but it's still valid because it helps our story along. And so, yeah, I think I'll yeah. use this because I, I did not intend to write out any more about that interview, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think that might end up making it in there. Gigi says, wow, that was great. Jamie can't read, wait to read more. Oh, That's, thank you. I so feel that way. Yeah, okay. Jamie, that. when I grow up, I want to be a writer just like you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you tell me, um, when you, I know you said before that you just are playing a scene in your mind, oh, but yes. does it just come out like it? Does it what we're hearing in your sprint? Is that exactly how it's going through your mind, or are you editing too? A little, like I think so. <laughs> it's hard to say, right? Because, like, I guess. If someone could be inside our brains, like if you asked me that question, I'd be like, mm, okay, I... no. Okay. I remember. So I knew point and point, And then I had to fill in because I, I wrote, she said, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, wait, if someone came and read only that, they wouldn't understand why she said that. And so then I had to like show them what happened before so that the point that she says about um, we're looking for spiritual fruit instead of loving one another. That was the takeaway. But if I only wrote that, it wouldn't work, in my opinion. So I had to go back and, and kind of build, right? So, like, that's when I get a little bit panicky about the time because I'm like, oh, I need to connect the the thought. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's how that went. Okay. So actually on the paper, are you going back and forth? Or yeah. are you able to organize it? In your, okay. 
a little. Like I'll jump back up and I'll and then jump back down and okay, typey type. All right. So, um, thanks guys for the positive feedback. I really appreciate it because I am words of affirmation. So all your kind words are always felt. Okay. Rhonda, what, what did you write for us? Okay. Well, mine will be super quick. So great. All right. <laughs> and I don't think I did the whole uh, 15 minutes because of my computer. Anyway, I'll just go. The puzzle look on her face told me I wasn't making sense to her as usual. I opened my mouth to try to explain myself again, but snapped it shut. If she would listen to me the first time, and I mean, actually listen instead of just looking in my general direction and feigning interest, I wouldn't have to repeat myself so often. I'm bored of it. I gotta go. Just remembered something I have to do. I tell her as I sweep all of my papers into my bag and stuff my tablet in the side compartment made for it. Wait, I thought we were going to talk about the money I'm going to inherit. She squeaked, mouthful of scrambled egg, making her cheek puff out like a wad of chew. The cowbell on the door clanged, and I turned to see Martin walk in. There you go. I threw my thumb, thumb in his general direction. He'll want to hear all about your news. I'm sure he'll find a way to help you spend it too. I spun away from her, nodded at Martin, and told him Meredith had some important news for him. His gigantic gallum eyes perked up. Thanks, Annie. You can't stay. And I figured that was my time. I wasn't sure really. I was just gigantic <laughs> gollum eyes, eggs in the mouth, like a wad of chew. I mean, you just do these things that make us know these people, her squeaky voice. I thought we were going to talk about me some more. Mm-hmm. And also your character just being like, you know what? She's not even listening to me. I mean, you just said so much with just yeah. those few words. Your characters are always spot on, like just so good. Mm-hmm. Like you have such a, a talent with creating characters. Love it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, uh, anything real quick to share from the chat, John? We're going to try to move you along and end this podcast a little early. So, um, nope, that was the last thing I shared. So, okay, well, ladies, um, who are watching or listening or whatever, we're going to end it a little early so Jen can go take care of business. We appreciate you and thank you so much. Keep writing, keep on keeping on. Try to get to that fifty k. Um, and until next time, may your pen be prolific, may your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye now. Bye. Bye.